0: Yes, yes, welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. It's questions from the audience, from the HomeLoneExpert.com studios, my basement, the site of the unofficial postgame show. As the Cardinals and Braves play Game 5, you're probably listening to this. I would say 60% of you are listening to this the day of Game 5. Some of you are listening to this and you already know what happened in Game 5. Uh, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it may seem like I've sold my soul to the devil, but in this case, I do not know the outcome. So I'm I'm in the, I'm basking in the high of what I witnessed. Only my second Cardinal game of the year was game four of the NLDS. And it was one of my favorite Cardinal games I've ever been to the energy, the atmosphere, the comeback, the baseball. I loved it. And so I'm on that high, but here's the thing. I started recording questions from the audience. I got about a half hour in. A lot of takes. I mean, they were scalding. and uh, and then and then I my little recorder device here ran out of battery, and then the whole thing just disappears. So I'm disappointed in myself. I'd love to I'd love to blame somebody, but the reality is, I'm sitting in my basement, I'm by myself, and I've got nobody to blame but myself because I knew the thing was starting to run out of batteries. So, you know what? We're going to go right back to it and get right back into it because I'm still fired up. And you guys sent in some good questions. And you know what? When something like this happens, what do I need to do? This is what I tell my wife. I need something to get my synapses firing. That will get me motivated. And so I was going to start with baseball. But you know what I'm going to start with now? This is me managing myself and knowing my strengths and my weaknesses Last week, for those of you who are regular listeners here of the Questions from the Audience edition of the Tim McKernan Show, um, we had the story sent in, followed up by a couple of questions with the gentleman who either was about to have a threesome or a foursome. And uh, then his, if I'm not mistaken, it was his wife, either way, female significant other, uh, got sick and got sick. At um, their, uh, their, not their home, but the home they were, I guess, going to have the threesome or foursome. And, uh, and that ended things, as you might imagine. She was drunk and she got ill. So then he was following up with, how should we pursue this? Because the next morning she acknowledged she wanted to do it again and this time go further and ideally not throw up. Uh, so you know these are these are things that questions from the audience podcast is here to address, and then I'll probably go into breaking down Brian Snitker's bullpen management. But in order to get my synapses firing, I'm going to start with this, and 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 we got um, and we got a number of coaching responses, but I thought this one was the best, and it comes from well, it says please don't read my name, but then it gives us one name, uh, Dave. We'll just say Dave. Uh, I won't read the full name. Tim, gentleman brought up his almost threesome slash foursome last week. He asked what he should, could do to make it happen. I was lucky enough to experience a threesome with my wife. Actually, more than one. Here is the key. Don't push for it. Let it happen. Oh, wow. This is like, this is a zig to my zag. The wife will know who and when. You, as the man, just have to be prepared and ready to go when it's game time. As far as what women are into being the third person, my experience was with a coworker of my wife's. Wow. We were at a bar, and it was getting late, and we were all pretty liquored up. Me and her coworker were dancing. Well, that's a situation right there, huh? Me and her coworker, me and her coworker, okay, so Dave, Dave and the coworker were dancing, and she pulls me in close and whispers that she wanted to go home with me and the wife. Oh, my goodness. I told her that it wasn't up to me. She told me to go ask the wife. I did, and she was 100% down with it. Wonderful night, exclamation point. I would imagine that probably didn't need to be typed out. That was implied. Wonderful night, exclamation point. We had another with the same woman a few months later. I think the main thing is it has to be at the wife's pace. She will pick who and when. Don't be pushy. Just let nature take its course. I hope this helps. Uh, And then please don't read my name, Dave. So I don't read the whole name. Well, that, of course, is the antithesis to the way I handle uh, my quests that, uh, as you can imagine, um, just, you know, essentially at this point, pitch out, nobody going. But, uh, you know, with, with regard to what happened in last week's email, this email from Dave matches up because in both cases... These were surprise events. Um, the gentleman last week wasn't even aware that, it, that his wife was being hit on by this woman um, until well into the conversation, and they were asked to go home with this couple, the home at which his wife uh, vomited, which is hot, super hot. And, uh, and then in this case with Dave... He's not even thinking about it. Although I don't know how you, I don't know, I don't know the situation. I got to tell you this. Listen, well, I'll put it this way: I, I don't see a scenario. I don't. Well, I don't see a scenario with me dancing. Period. So I guess that ends it. But a scenario with if I were to be a dancer, if I were a dancing boy, if I were a dancer, that I would be dancing with um, our, our potential threesome target. I just don't see that dynamic playing out. Uh, and trust me, I've, I've thought about this often. So um, Dave is dancing with his wife's coworker. I wonder what is what, what Dave, I'll, here's a follow-up for you. What's your wife doing while this is going on? And was, was that cool? Because if that's cool, then I would imagine everybody kind of knows what's going on. But if you're doing it and then you're doing it behind your wife's back, and I'm not saying you are. I'm just imagining like how this whole thing is playing out. Like, is this a crowded dance floor? Are you at a bar you at a club i mean if you're in st louis you're probably at a bar and I, I, is your wife just like you know cut queening and watching the whole thing or what's going on um because to me once that's going on everybody knows what's going on unless you're doing it and your wife's like in the bathroom and then at that point nah, now you got it now you got now we got a totally different conversation and one that uh that i'm not going to be uh Uh, signing off on as far as everybody because because like I said man whatever anybody's into some guy emails in and says hey I'm really into my buddy you know and I think he's hot and his buddy being a gentleman you know what to each their own doesn't impact me anyway I don't care questions from the audience hey we'll talk about whatever but my perspective is always going to be everybody has to be on the same page So if, uh, and and not to say that Dave's, uh, I guess, wife, right? Dave's wife wasn't on the same page. I just don't know. My, My premise is this, okay? My premise is if it gets to a point where you're dancing with the female coworker of your wife, there had to have been a point earlier in the evening where it clicked on for you that something must be doing. My point is, Again, the tough thing is the dancing element of it because I can't put myself in a position in which I'm, I'm dancing with anyone. Um, but let's say I'm a dancer just for the sake of it. I'm a dancing boy, said, so a dancing boy. And if I'm out there dancing with a coworker of my wife's or a friend of my wife's, whatever, uh, at that point, it is some, something. something is, we're, all, we're all on the same page. Or I'm doing it and my wife is not aware and now we might have a problem on our hands. So that's what I'm trying to figure out here. But either way, I'm getting too much into the weeds on this. I'm treating your threesome like I treat Brian Snitker and Mike Schultz bullpen management. And I'm ruining the enjoyment of the game because of my nerdness. It's my own fault. The Self-loathing. But here's what I'm saying. From the email last week and from Dave's email this week, what I am learning, of course, on a two-email sample size here, um, is that the key is to just let it happen and not keep presenting it. But I'll tell you that that, that, my, that might explain my failures, my decades of failing, because it's like, yeah, she's hot. What about her? She's hot. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, what if I? What if we were sitting in a bar? me and my wife and a dude that she finds attractive walks by and she goes he's hot what do you think about hooking up with him how'd you like to orally pleasure that gentleman you know I mean how would I enjoy that it's a total double standard so you know what Dave your email caused me to do I'm looking in the mirror I'm looking in the mirror in my approach and my approach is poor and your approach I don't even know if you were you were like hey I'd like to have it but you just had it happen and it just happened and that means you're winning, sir. I tip my cap. Um, your emails are always welcome uh, on any topic. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Um, foursome emails turn into threesome emails with coworkers. Great. More, more foursome and threesome emails. I'm all for it. Uh, all right. What do we have next? I'm, gonna, I'm still going to stay away from baseball. Tom has emailed this in a couple times, and I haven't gotten to it, and I feel badly. So I want to make sure I do it. And I'm, I'm going to do it on the fly. Another TMA related question, if I may. I don't think this was answered on TMA last week, but still curious. Oh yeah, you sent this in when it was me, Iggy and the Plowhawk doing a QFTA. Uh, you have mentioned a TMA listener hall of fame in the past. If you have five slots for first ballot listeners, who gets them and why? This is here's the problem. I'm answering this without talking with Doug and the cat or even going back to Martin, producer Joe, you know, all of the people who've been on the show. And because um, and, and, I'm going to miss somebody. So off the top of my head, uh, Rudy is his first ballot, the late, great Rudy, posthumously. Um, he is in. Larry Nickel is in. Mike Lee is in. <sighs> now we get into, you know, now we get into, and it's just like, I mean, some I'll say Mickey Carroll, and some of you go, "Who the hell's Mickey Carroll?" Or some of you might go, "You mean the guy who was in the Wizard of Oz?" Because you haven't been listening long. Um, I realize, you know, Douglas is is like Sandy Koufax—a very brief run with the schedule readings. But while he was playing the game, was anybody better? Ask yourself that. Does Jackie get in? Does Jackie get in? In a similar way that that perhaps those who get sympathy votes have gotten in, because of the fact that she she had no holes. I mean, it's a, Tom, when you when you limit it to five, it's tough. And and here's the thing: I've named Rudy, I've named Mike Lee, I've named, I've named Larry Nickel. Uh, I'm sure as people are listening to this right now, especially if you're like super into TMA. You're going. How are you forgetting? And I and I I'm 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 staring at a blank television screen in my basement, and I'm just racking my brain for 15 years of of show content, and I don't know. I mean, if I really have, like, if I have to do this and I have to do it within five minutes, Rudy, Larry Nickel, Mike Lee, these are callers, by the way. Oh, listener, okay, listener, Hall of Fame. I'm focused on callers. This is, this is just horrendous show hosting. And keep in mind, uh, now I didn't do this email when I first did QFTA this week, but my uh, recorder died. So this is, this, is, this is poor hosting 2X because the recorder died and I had to restart the show. Like the whole thing. Like it just all disappears. It's a whole thing is what I'm telling you. So listener hall of fame. Well, now we can go into people who are emailers and texters. Well, Dotem. See, I'm picturing people who called in initially, and I'm sure many of you are like, DOTEM, DOTEM, DOTEM. I mean, DOTEM goes without saying. So we have Rudy, Mike Lee, Larry Nickel, DOTEM. Boy, who gets that fifth spot? Who gets that fifth spot? I honestly want to text Doug and the cat right now. And I, I, I would imagine Doug will go, oh, God, what are you doing? That's what, I, that's what his response would be. And the cat would probably break it down. Producer Joe would lay out like 30 choice. You know who has the answer? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this mid-podcast, as if this thing's so fucking refined anyway that I can't do this. I couldn't possibly interrupt this flow that I'm stumbling all over myself every week in my basement. Uh, I am going to text not anybody who's ever hosted the show, not anybody who's ever produced the show, but somebody who knows the show better than anybody. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, you know it. Buck Swope. I'm texting Buck Swope right now, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. That's what I'm going to do, figure this whole thing out, because that's whatever Buck Swope says is the right answer, because I think he does go back to the very beginning, um, and, and he's going to give me the right answer, and I'm going to text him right now. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Siri text him, too, for you. How about that? So I don't feel like typing. What can you help me with? Text Buck Swope. Nurse. America. Text Buck Swope. What do you want to say? Thank you. Buck Swope, comma. I am doing a QFTA as we speak, period. And one of the questions is who would be the inaugural class of five listeners for the TMA? morning grind slash tma hall of fame what is your answer question mark there we go this thing's such Here's a yeah it's a, i can't even imagine it? Uh, it looks like it okay. for the most for the most part worked out except it turned into cma morning grind pma hall of fame i think Swope knows what i'm talking about we'll get to the bottom of this let's see who he says this is isn't this fun kids isn't this this wonderful, and as I'm as I'm sending that, I see in my uh, iMessage that uh, that I have a text from Biff. Biff might get in there someday. Just scrolling through here. Um, God, I don't know. I might be missing somebody obvious, and then Swope's going to set me straight. All right. Well, this this is gonna this is you know what this is. This is what the consultants love. This is organic content. Nobody's saying it's good. I'm just saying it's organic content that you, throughout the podcast, are going to live this adventure with me. Assuming Swope gets back to me. Uh, I know the TMA running theme of Mount Rushmore's. Well, it's a satirical Mount Rushmore, kind of like I understand the uh, part of my take on Barstool operates. Oh, and now Swope has responded. This is good. Texters, callers, emailers. And I wrote back everybody. All right, so back to the question. This question comes from Chunk and the Chuck. You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a first hand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy, I've got a lady. I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens, because my interactions with James have been been so positive, that my wife and I switched to James Carlton in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now, he still checks in. You know, I mean, it's it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which, of course, was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something or I'd forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. But he's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just it's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, Hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the, on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, Oh yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up and I'm like, Oh God, I hope he does. Okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. What would be your Mount Rushmore of unattended sporting events? This can span any time and any era. I know for me it would be 1980 Miracle on Ice 2009 game seven against the the Dallas star 2019 game seven Dallas stars Uh, 2011 game six Michael Phelps eight golds mainly the relay race that USA came back to beat France in it's a good question it's a good question um I'll, I'll I'll absolutely strike the Michael Phelps one that just doesn't interest me uh so that's easy um, as far as now I know, there's an opening. Um, the Miracle and Ice I will immediately include. So that's, that's so, we, so we're in agreement there. And so if you're asking me personally, yeah, games I, game six of the 2011 World Series, which I was not at. Uh, I was at game seven, but I was not at game six. Um, so I would include that. <sighs> I might... I wonder how I'll feel about this in five years. But I might agree with you on game seven of the Dallas series. Because just, you know, and again, it's only four or five months old now. But um, just looking back on that and remembering, like, being in my house. Like, John Kelly said this on the podcast. Like, he was getting sick to his stomach. So I can't imagine being there. You know, part of, part of the reason why at the start of this the show today... I said the, um, the Cardinal win against the Braves in game four was so great was because it was so intense. You know, notice I'm not saying game seven of the 2011 World Series. Now I was there with my wife and I was there with my parents and it was incredible to get that opportunity to be at a game seven with my wife and my parents and watch the Cardinals win the World Series. I mean, there are people who would, who would pay an incredible amount of money to have that opportunity and I got to do it and I'm incredibly lucky and I'm sure a number of you were there as well. But it wasn't a real intense game. It's the intensity of the things that make it stand out. Um, So, you know, even though they didn't win a Western Conference or Stanley Cup with that, to have that be what it was and the way that it went and what it meant, I think that the 2019 Game 7 against the Stars, I think I'm going to include it. Now, I might... Yeah, I might change it. So Miracle on Ice, uh, 2019 Game 7 against the Stars, 2011 Game 6, and then what is my fourth? I mean, my interest right now is so golf-oriented. I don't know. You know, this is also kind of prisoner of the moment, but, you know, Sunday afternoon this year at Augusta with Tiger. I don't know if 86, you know, it just doesn't mean as much to me for as young as I was at the time. But people talk about 86 with Jack Nicklaus. I mean, he wasn't in the final group. Uh, and again, I'm just trying to pick. It's like that doesn't lessen him winning. And I'm talking about being in attendance. I don't know if there would be a Ryder Cup. Um, I'm just trying to think of events that you're just like, you got to be kidding me, that you're witnessing this. And I'm sure we're missing another one The events that, you know, some Lakers Celtic stuff. I was a Lakers guy, of all things, being an Irish Catholic in South St. Louis in the 1980s, and I was cheering for the Lakers. Gives you an idea of that. Tells that tells you all you need to know really before you even before you even need to like go into oh is he a pervert and go yes yes he is actually you can go oh was uh, a sports fan yes where did he grow up South St. Louis what's his background white Irish Catholic and uh, oh so Celtics fan no Lakers fan okay so we got we got somebody who's who's doing something. Intentionally contrary, and that's what I guess was going on. Even though it wasn't intentionally contrary, I just loved Magic Johnson and met James Worthy, and so therefore I was on board, and uh, and I just wasn't paying attention. Maybe that, me. you know, what it maybe tells you is I don't pay attention to that shit. But now I look back on it, now I'm aware of it, and I'm sure everybody in the neighborhood's like, "What the fuck's going on with him?" You know. But hey, that's where I was. So look at me, look at me, look at me. That should be the name of the podcast. Um, I don't know what else as far as and I love college football too. <sighs> but see, I mean, it, it always it it comes down to like teams I care about, you know. I mean, the Missouri. I was I wasn't at the Missouri kicked ball game. I realize that's brutal, but everybody who was there, I was watching it at home because U two was playing in St. Louis that night, and I had chosen to go to U two. Um, which I really didn't—that didn't bother me. I know in the context, I'm like, right now, I'd be like, oh, I'd obviously rather be at Fro Field for that. So like November eighth, nineteen ninety-seven, I think. Um, but ever, it was a perfect afternoon, and uh, it was—it was. It was you know, a signature game in the program to be going up against that powerhouse and then having it, you know, just a great back and forth game. I can't imagine a Nebraska fan would ever even cite it because they'd have like 30 other choices. But for a Missouri fan, man, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, what about like a, an Ozzie Smith 1985? You got that? I was at Pujols Lidge. I left early. Yes, I left early. I left in the bottom of the eighth inning because I did not want to see the Astros clinch. So that also tells you a lot about what's going on here to the person you're listening to or with the person you're listening to, I should say. I'm going to circle back. I'm going to circle back. But my answer right now is Tiger this year. So Maroon's goal this year freezes home run in 11 in the 1980, uh Miracle on Ice, which I'm sure some of you are going, oh, that's a fucking terrible list. I don't know. I'm pretty comfortable with it. i got to be honest with you. I'm pretty comfortable. This is where I wouldn't mind having like Iggy and the Plowhawk and see where they are because I'm sure like the Plowhawk would have something just absolutely batshit off the wall, uh, like maybe Missouri losing to Kentucky, and he would have rather been there than in my basement last year when that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that list unless something pops up in my mind. Okay, Buck Swope has been texting me. Like a madman since I sent him the text. Let me take a look at what's doing here. He says, Justin in Columbia for sure. Wow. Plops and Dotem seem like they're on their own tier. Need two more. I'm going Larry Nickel and Timmy Tom Tom. Shit. I should have included Tucker Bruce and drop Timmy Tom Tom for Tucker. All right, I'm going to let him know. I went with Rudy. Larry Nichol, Mike Lee, and then I was torn on the final two. Yeah, I like Justin and Columbia's work. I mean, I think he is one of the finest textures in the show's history. He will email in occasionally. Uh, I think Carlos Spicy Wiener is somebody I'd keep an eye on. Uh, he's the Acuna at this point. He's only been in the game for a little while, but you see him flashing. Um. So look at Swope. Swope kind of go in a more email or texture line. See what he has to say to my response. I know, he, I know he's been listening since Rudy, so he's got to be on more of that. All right, let me see what else we got here. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people who can know but cares. And Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503 or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year, that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Good afternoon, Tim. Let me start this email by saying I really don't know why I'm writing this and honestly feel awkward and embarrassed that I'm even writing you this, but I really do think this will help me. We've emailed sparingly for, I would say, the last decade. Most emails that I can recall have been in support of TMA and your podcast. Some emails have been me expressing an interest or desire in being employed by Inside STL, and some have been either misunderstandings or just negative about one thing or another. The first thing I would like to do, or even acknowledge, is that I have been not only a dick but also someone that is ashamed of some of the texts and things I have emailed either to you or through to the show. When it comes down to it, I have always thought quite highly of the broadcaster and entrepreneur you are. You are not only smart and measured with your comments regarding quite literally anything, but also very honest, which represents why you've been so successful in your career. Many of those things I try to emulate in my career with not so great results. I was never the most popular kid in school, but I've always had a strong family presence and friends that were the absolute best. But when I became a fan of the morning grind and then the morning after it provided something more, something special for me, it was like I was a cool kid because I liked to show that so many others enjoy and the community of people have always been good quality people that for the most part really didn't judge people. However, that's what I have been doing, judging people. It's the thing when growing up that I couldn't stand the most looking at someone and simply making a judgment without giving that individual a chance. You've made comments in the past about not spending time on things that provide no upside. However, I have continued to do the exact opposite, and I am frankly miserable. I would send in texts to the show trying to be funny, and then when something wouldn't get read, I would start to get out of control. It's embarrassing, and on top of that, it's just pathetic. I don't remember what specifically I would send in, I don't remember specifically what I would send in, I apologize, I've gotten lost, I would send in texts, it's embarrassing, I don't remember what specifically I would send in, but I know it was mean-spirited and for that I am sorry. I'm sorry to you and to everyone involved in the show, I was raised so much better than that and frankly am torn up about my behavior. I hope you can find it in your heart to take my apology with great sincerity as I try and repair my confidence not only in myself but with others. I wish you nothing but continued success with TMA, your podcast and insidestl.com. Take care. And I'm he left his name, his full name, but I am I, I don't now I'm wondering if this was meant for QFTA. Um, because this gentleman has written in a number of times to QFTA and I have to be honest with you here. Uh You know, we get these things and as you can tell, uh, it's not like I sift through them and and print them out and then read them. It might be a better program if I did. And then at the same time, Gangster Pete's like, no, the fact that you kind of fumble fuck your way through it, it's 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 more real. And I think that's what what people appreciate. I don't know. I did. This is just what I do. There's no there's absolutely no strategy to it. But as I'm reading it. I'm thinking to myself, and I said this to Pete today, actually. Uh, We interviewed Lewis Reed, the president of the Board of Aldermen, and we got done, and I was bullshitting with him about something. And I was going through emails for QFT, and I said, I'm going to record QFT at my house, and then I'll email you the file. And I was reading some of the emails, and um, with this one, initially, uh, I just kind of browsed through, because obviously it was longer. And I said to Pete, I said, I have, I'm just telling you, and I I tell my wife this, although I don't really like telling her this because I don't want to scare her, but I said there have been some behavioral patterns recently, and we've been down this road, unfortunately. Um, I think Rizzuto shared a story, if I'm not mistaken, when he was on the podcast um, of what I would describe as stalkerish behavior, although it's not like in person yet, or as far as I know, um, it's more like social media stalking um and it's it's uncomfortable uh you know I mean and I realize uh, almost everybody listening to this you know probably has not experienced anything like that although I'm sure some of you had um you know whatever arguments potentially on social media or whatever the case might be um and so initially before I got to the bottom of this and saw who it w- was writing I was thinking oh maybe this is one of the because there's a there's a few of them maybe this is one of the people who you know I would consider to be um, I don't know what the right word would be we we're, 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 we're aware of them I guess is the way I would say it um, emailing and apologizing and going holy shit I just realized that I have been acting you know in a way that I'm embarrassed by and, and candidly is crazy um and I would have felt better about it if it were one of those people because it's not something that's real pleasant to be on the receiving end of uh and anybody and I don't care at what level they're they're at anybody who would say it doesn't bother them I can't imagine that's the case I don't care I don't care what level you're at um but uh with regard to uh, this gentleman and knowing the name I uh, candidly uh and I'm not gonna even read the first name um, I, I have to tell you, I don't recall anything from you ever <laughs> that has been on my radar. And I'm not saying that to make you feel better. Cause obviously you're beating yourself up over stuff. I don't remember anything. And there are names over the, I've, it'll be in March, it'll be 20 years I've been in the market. Um, and, and there are names, um, that if you say them, I'll go. Oh boy! And people go, yeah. That guy used to be this or that on this message board or on you know on Twitter or on the fan page or whatever. And, I, and and in some cases it'll just be isolated to that. And then in some cases I'll be like, oh, yeah. And then here's what was going on behind the scenes with either phone calls or emails or you know direct messages or showing up outside of our house uh, or following me around out when I'm out. And then then it goes from, yeah, it was funny, to holy shit. And it's a weird thing. And I said this to Pete also today. And I said this, I was playing golf with uh, somebody who was who's a friend, but also uh, somebody who's been listening a long time, and I've gotten to know him through the show. And, and we were talking about it, and I said, I don't know why, like, Doug doesn't get this. I don't know why I get it. Because as far as, like, popularity goes on the show, I think I said, I might have said this last week, um, I am I am absolutely not the most popular person on the show, um, and 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 yet I'm the one who gets this stuff. And again, I don't want to I don't want to represent it that it's uh, that it's like something. You know, at, the, at least at this moment, we've had situations where we've had to have the police at our house, and it's been multiple times, unfortunately, with different parties. And we've had to add police uh, at the radio station, different radio stations too, um, because of listener behavior. And it's, it's just not, it's, uh, it's not pleasant, but at the same time, you know, for those of us who are in this, we all kind of have our stories. Um, if, if a show gets to a certain point, you know, I mean, when I was fumble-fucking-around in Columbia, it's not like I had had this situation. But as the show has gotten more popular, that's, this stuff's happened. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just know that it is. I don't know why, but I just know that it is. But uh, I almost said the name, but to the person who wrote this email, and I'll, I'll write back to you on the off chance you don't listen to this podcast. Um, my 100% swear on whatever you want me to swear on responses. I don't recall you ever writing anything to me that even made me think twice. Unless you're writing from like a burner account now. Um, or you wrote from a burner account when you were trolling. I don't know. I just, it, you, you just, listen. I might be able to rattle off like 50 names or message board handles on a variety of different platforms and websites over the last two decades. And go, yeah, and then that, and then this, and this, this, and this, and this. Of people who just, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I'd love to know what the reasoning behind it is actually. Um, I don't know, but being honest with you, sir, um, I appreciate how, you know, kind your email was, but for real, I don't think anybody on the show, unless this is maybe with somebody else on the show, but it's directed toward me. Um, you're just, you don't have anything to worry about, man. And honestly, I don't remember you emailing me about, um, working with us either. Um, so I, I mean, I, we get, you know, over the years we've put out Job opportunities, so you know that 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 I can see slipping the cracks. But if somebody is so brutal that you know it's it's got us on alert, so to speak, I would remember the name just because I can remember names going back to two thousand, you know, three. Um, and, uh, and the funny thing is about it, I guess, if you want to say it's funny, I, I don't know. But a couple of a couple of times um, with the people who would either be just the baddest of motherfuckers on social media or message boards or whatever over the course of time, and I know they're, like, obsessed with me, but not in, like, a positive way. Not that necessarily being a fan and being obsessed would be a positive, but I'm talking about obsessed but hate. So they hate listen, and they, like, hate follow me, and this stuff goes on, and I don't understand that either. I can't, I mean, it's right there with furries. I don't get it, like... You know, but I mean, obviously some people are into it, so it, it exists, but like, you know, I mean, if I were to rattle off media personalities who I, I don't watch their shows or I don't listen to their shows, if they have, if I'm scrolling through and they pop up as I'm scrolling through, I'll go, fuck, or I'll roll my eyes like, oh God, there's a motherfucker doing his thing, lying to people, you know, but I don't like listen to the show. So I don't get the, the hate listen and the hate follow. And guess I maybe seems like that's kind of a media strategy. And maybe I should just, well, it's not, it's not, I mean, you can't do anything about it. It's not like I went out and go, okay, I want to be hated. It just happened. Um, So I, you know, I'll watch like Dave Portnoy or Clay Travis and see how they kind of like embrace the hate. I just, I'm just not interested in participating in that. I'm going to say what I think. And if it winds up in people hating me, then so be it. But I'm not going to like intentionally like what the Atlanta TV guys were doing—like troll people to get a response. It's not my—it's not my bag. I get the strategy, but it's not—it's not my bag. Um, so I don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand that. I don't understand furries. But um, either way, I think I think a lot of times it's political, even though I'm not a Republican or Democrat, but. I gather that it's because I just like the ones that are it's it's rarely people in their 20s or 30s who are the ones who are sending these kinds of emails or DMs or tweets. Um, It's usually older, Um, and especially when it was going on more. Here's here's how I describe it as of 2019, because I'm cognizant of it and I'm uncomfortable with it in a big way, and I probably shouldn't talk about it, actually because I doubt most people talk about this shit when they have it going on. And it comes and goes with its intensity. But when we first started out doing the morning grind, I would say the hate was more widespread, but it wasn't as intense because the show was just getting its footing and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was 2004. Now it's not nearly as widespread, but with the handful of parties who have the obsession, um... It's certainly more intense, and that's to me is much scary, more more scary than um, what was going on in 2004, Or it was just kind of like, just kind of like mean emails or message board posts or whatever. I don't even know what else would be going on at the time. I guess that was it. This is like okay, I ne- I like now know the people, some of the background on the people because some people will see some of the stuff that's posted or whatever, and they'll go, hey, just so you know. I know this person and I know, you know, they did this or they claim to be doing this the whole time and they're really this and it's, you're going, oh, shit. Like, I'd almost rather not know. But it, the, the whole reason for this, this, you know, you know, I would imagine rather um, macabre story um, is this email and, and, and just the truth is, is I don't, I, if anything, I know you've sent in a, a bunch of emails for QFTA over the last year or so, and and I've read a number of them, and that's what I that's what I know your name from. So you don't have to worry about anything, unless unless like you're like some. But we really don't even have bullshit with textures on the show, you know. We really don't. We'll occasionally get some anti-Semitic ones toward the cat, which just like fucks me up. You know, growing up in South St. Louis. It isn't uh, exactly uh, diverse when it comes to religion. I mean, it's pretty much Catholic, at least my neighborhood was. And so, like, anti-Semitism, it just wasn't even on the radar. Racism was, but it wasn't because we were around anybody who was black. It was just because there were some people who just were obsessed with the fear of a black family moving in the neighborhood. Something Lewis Reed and I talked about today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Which, even the 1980s, I thought, was fucked up. Um, So anti-semitism is just not something I've really been exposed to uh racism plenty of it I can I can probably go head to head with people on on uh stories of racial bigotry uh and that isn't limited to my experience growing up in my neighborhood at all but anti-semitism uh no and then I'll see some of these things sent to the cat and I'm just like wow holy shit and I'll show it to him and he will just go yeah just kind of like yeah that's the way it is I'm just like fuck man uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the text inbox for the most part, the, 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 over, the thing that I, I want to finish this portion of this discussion with this, the great thing, the greatest thing about what we have been lucky enough to do with this radio show for 15 years, and as I always say, inevitably it will come to an end, and it could be within the next couple of days, it could be 25 years from now, I have no idea but no matter what, nobody can ever take away our 15 years. Is that not only do we get to fuck off and laugh every day for a living, but the people who listen to the show and who make up the audience are really good people's too much, too vague. They're, they're the kind of people I'd want to hang out with that's, that's what the audience is made up of. And I'm not talking about like people I'd like to party with per se. And like, you know, although I'm not saying that I wouldn't, I'm talking about like people that the kind of people I want to have conversations with and bullshit with. And if I see and I recognize their faces or know their names or pictures from the fan page or whatever that I look forward to talking to, you know, um, I don't think that's necessarily the way that it works for all radio hosts, and I'm not talking about getting to laugh because that certainly isn't part of the deal all the time. But I'm talking about like um, the caliber of the audience. And yes, as I spent some time on there, there are some, you know, there are some um, occasional problems, and unfortunately, I'm dealing with, you know, some of it now, but across the board 99.5 plus percent you're talking about really quality people and that's just like people and I'm not and now, right now I'm just talking about just bullshitting with each other and bullshitting with us and yeah they have their their favorites and their least favorite or people they don't like on the show and whatever and I know I'm certainly in the category for for some but whatever, like me, dislike me, I recognize that the majority in a major way, I mean, the vast, vast majority of the people listening to the show and active in the show, I should say, because there's plenty of people listening who don't participate in texting, emailing, social media, are just some really good people and, and, and the kind of people I want to hang out. With. But in addition to that, when there is a need for someone associated with the show, I mean, look at, look at what happened with Larry Nickel and the $60,000 raised for Larry Nickel. That is... That's a story that people in radio throughout St. Louis and I'm talking about it take your pick of whatever stations you would consider to be the biggest stations. They're like, You gotta be kidding me. You know. But at this point, like I think if it would I think it would have happened five years ago, they would have gone, What? and you're on KFNS and, and you don't you guys don't get ratings? And you got you raised sixty thousand dollars and for a listener who does a wrestling report, but at this point, fortunately, people are now hip to the the show's following but they're also really well aware and i think they might be more impressed and more interested in actually the show's audience um because of the the passion and the in the caliber of the audience so i you know i i i I don't know for whatever reason i was thinking about that earlier today in this email where i'm now kind of getting into a like i said macabre story uh stories I don't want that to be the, the takeaway because, yes, it's it can be we can have some negative situations. But I mean, across the board, it's not like a like, oh, shit, I'm going to be at a thing where there's going to be listeners and it's going to be I'm talking about across the board. We are very fortunate to have not only the jobs um, and get to do what we get to do. But the caliber of audience who make the jobs possible. So that's a sincere thing to take. Uh, to take from that email, and yeah, man, uh, I appreciate the the email. But for real, hundred percent. I, I don't even. I, I part of me wonders if it was even, if it was like sincere. I, I and, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't say insincere or sincere. What I'm saying is. I, I, you're not even on the map as far as um, I feel terribly that you're beating yourself up this much over it unless like I will show your name to Doug or the cat and they'll go, oh yeah, yeah, he's brutal. But I don't think they deal with the stuff that I deal with and and I'm talking about like having to call the police. I mean, Doug certainly gets it with his political posts and the cat gets it with the rights holder shit, but I'm talking about like like I said, calling police um, and people taking pictures outside your house and taking pictures, you know, my wife outside the house and stuff like that. I mean, that's, you know, that'll, that's like the, the shit that probably gives you guys, some of you chills as you hear it. Um, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about here. So, sir, I appreciate the email. It's incredibly kind, but I hope I can give you some peace of mind in telling you. Uh, you have, it's just, you're just, it's not, That's not, it's not where things are. Um, Buck Swope, of course. Uh, let's see. Ryan Kelly's the Home Loan Expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on The Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast. So make sure you're supporting our sponsor, Ryan Kelly, the Home And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime. Time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at theHomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, theHomeLoanExpert.com. Saying recording as we speak. Sorry for the delay. Let's see what Buck Swope said. I said, "Larry Nickel, Mike Lee, Rudy, Larry Nickel, Mike Lee," and then I was torn on the final two. He said it's tough. R.I.P. Rudy. Tucker has to be on it, considering he played multiple Mount Rushmore caliber characters. T3 is a master of a specific formula, but Tucker is transcendent. God, I might have to disagree with Buck Swope here. Listen, I have a great appreciation for you, but I think we have a recency bias going on. We're talking about right now people in the last couple of years, and there's a 15-year history here. So, I don't know. We're going to have to dig into this. What do you think? Email me. Fuck it's great. I got an audience here. Why not? Let's talk about it. I mean, if feel, you're I feel comfortable saying Rudy, Larry Nickel, Mike Lee, and I don't hesitate on that, um, included Mickey, Carolyn. Oh, and Dotum. Um, but then the fifth spot, I don't know. And then maybe somebody's going to point somebody out and go, yeah, there's, there's your five. Jackie, Misty Plops. Misty Plops is live. So, um. I don't, I don't, I don't know. All right, let me go to the fan page. So I posted, uh, I think it's pronounced Leah Silver. That's my picture this week for QFTA, and I'm sure some of you have absolutely know what I'm talking about, and then others do, and then probably have an appreciation. So let's see what we have here in the questions on the fan page. Uh, and I want to, I got, uh, I put my son to bed at night, and I want to be able to do that, so I'm only going to maybe answer a couple of them. Um... The Flaherty Game 5 equals Chris Carpenter in Game 5 versus Philadelphia it has been in the back of my mind since the Braves tied the series 1-1. First, what do you think the chance of Flaherty doing what he's done the second half over, say, three to five years? And is it even possible for modern pitchers to do it and not get hurt? I'll answer the second one first. As Tony La Russa said, I would imagine he will get hurt. It's It's at this point... It's the cost of doing business for a pitcher, much less a team, but for the individual himself, it's just. I listen. If it doesn't happen, I'll be thrilled. But I just kind of expect it. Um, what do I think the chance of Flaherty doing what he's done in the second half uh, over three to five years? Uh, as far, I mean, if we're gonna like, if I'm gonna take that literally, Brad, I would say zero um, percent. Actually, zero percent to duplicate to replicate what he has done over the second half of the season. For three to five years, it's just that's just not going to happen. The legal catch up, he'll adjust. He has the talent to do so, but it's those numbers are just you know it's not it's just not possible for for that duration time for him to do it for the remainder of October. Yeah, it's possible. Um, And then the Flaherty Game Five, Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay reference uh, from 2011. Yeah, I mean I've I've said this a number of times, um, and it hasn't come up over the last few years because the Cardinals weren't in the playoffs the last few years, but. The Cardinals beating the 2011 Phillies, to me, from a series upset standpoint, is the biggest, yes, bigger than 2006 uh, against the Tigers, because uh, I think that was more of a byproduct of hype after they swept the A's, and the Cardinals, you know, were grinding through series, the four-game series of Padres and a seven-game series with the Mets, and and because they had 83 wins, they just weren't respected. But if you give that October roster um, uh, the entire season, they went a hell of a lot more than 83 games. But the October roster was healthy. The roster during the regular season wasn't, hence the 83 wins. So with that said, the, the, the 2011 team beating the 2011 Phillies with a rotation of uh, Halliday, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt, and then Hamels, uh, and then Halliday again for Game Five, with Chris Carpenter, Edwin Jackson, Kyle Lotion, Jaime Garcia, and then the two lineups against each other is um, is for my money the biggest upset that I have seen in a Cardinal playoff series. Now I'm sure people will go, well, what about what about what about? And then, no, that's fine. I'm, i I I I will listen. I will read your emails. I enjoyed I enjoy a good debate. But, you know, and in, in by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm 82 and forward. I can't go back to 67, 68, whatever. Um, that's where I am. As far as the Cardinals beating a team, I'm not talking about the Cardinals losing to a team. I'm talking about the Cardinals beating a team um maybe some people would pick a Dodgers win that certainly I think the 2004 I, I remember going into 2014 kind of the same way I went into this postseason like god oh, I'm glad they're there they're not that great and they got to play the Dodgers so they're fucked and then we saw what happened um I didn't I don't view the the 2019 Braves the way I viewed the 2014 Dodgers but I just have this Kershaw thing and then the Cardinals wind up beating Kershaw uh but um yeah, I mean, the, the 2011 Phillies, I just feel like with this incredible baseball team, but they got knocked out in the first round, and, and that that ended their run. The run that began in 08 ended that night as Ryan Howard fell with the uh, the Achilles uh, as Carpenter closed that thing out. Do I think Flaherty can do something similar to what Carpenter Yes, absolutely. Do I think fulton can do that? I do. Um, I, think, I think one thing that isn't necessarily being quantified in statistics at this moment, is Freeman's health. And when you have a guy who has been that important to the team's success, not right, but right there smack dab in the middle of, really at this moment, uh, the guys who have been hitting for the Braves, um, with Acuna, Albies, uh, and Donaldson really has been hitting, but he did have the leadoff double against Martinez in game three. Um, And then it's Swanson but he's at the bottom of the order. Maybe they'll move him up for game five. That's tough. Like, imagine right now, like, Paul DeYoung hitting after, um, you know, after Goldschmidt, and then you have Ozuna. That's kind of the equivalent right now for what DeYoung has been at this moment in this series. And I just don't know if Freeman's right. So I like that because I don't know if the Las Vegas, if Las Vegas takes that into account. At the same time, the Cardinals' offense is what the Cardinals' offense is, and the Cardinals' offense, for the most part, has been uh, Ozuna and Gold. Goldschmidt, and, uh, and you have Fulton and he's an incredibly talented pitcher, but he doesn't have the name recognition of even Jack Flaherty, I don't think, I and mean, Flaherty's just coming on the scene nationally, um, but certainly of what you take a look at, name, name everybody in the rotation for the Nationals, for the Dodgers, for the Astros, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just, he's just not a household name, but his talent is sick, same with Soroka, something that Snitker might catch, you know, if the Braves lose this thing. Uh, is, is catching hell for Soroka being held until game three and Keichel taking two starts. Um, keep an eye on that. Who knows? You'll see. You'll know when you're listing this There's a good chance some of you already know what wound up happening and, and then it's results-oriented. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, I'll finish with this one. Uh, let's see. am I weird for thinking tattoos on a woman are a turnoff the photo you posted Leah Silver would be a 10 but I lowered to a six on my personal scale um yeah this is I wonder what it's about and I'm talking about those who like and those who dislike I like them but if somebody doesn't have them I'm not like oh I wish she had them it's if they have them I like them but I'm not talking about like the the what it would wound up being known as the tramp stamp uh, That actually I'd probably be less uh, On board with I'm talking about all tatted up And I don't know why But for me I am a big fan My wife does not have any tattoos uh, But if she wanted to I would be all for it um, And I'm sure some people Especially some of my uh, Peers might be like you gotta be kidding me and I'm not, I don't know what to tell you Listen this is where I am You know what I don't know what to tell you but I don't know why I like it either. I, I, it is, I just I just do. But I also know some people are just like, oh, I can't stand it, um, and I, I don't have a good. I, I wonder what what that's about. Like what the psychology of it is. What that's about. But from my standpoint, I'm a huge fan. I don't know. Email me. I love getting your emails for questions from the audience. T McKernan at insidestl.com. Hopefully we're talking more Cardinal playoff baseball next week on questions from the audience. If not, it'll be an obituary and we'll look forward to the offseason. But I hope we're not there yet. I'm not ready to get into that yet. Hopefully the Cardinals beat the Braves and then they're playing the Nationals or the Dodgers, and we're really Digging deep into the weeds. We welcome your political questions. We welcome your threesome and foursome stories and questions. We welcome your baseball questions, blues questions, college football questions with Missouri and else, whatever else. It's all welcomed on questions from the audience. Thank you for sending your questions in. Thank you for listening. And don't forget the unofficial post-game show following the Cardinals and Braves game five uh, up on Facebook Live, uh, on the TMA fan page, on the Tim McKernan show page, and on Twitter, on Periscope, at T McKernan and on YouTube on the Inside STL channel. That'll be coming up following the Cardinals and Braves game five. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience from the Homeloanexpert.com studios.